Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. It is, uh, today is Wednesday, May the 22nd. Can you freaking believe it? Oh my gosh. It is 11.22 a.m. in the morning. I'm recording this so late. Normally I have the Wednesday podcast uh, totally out at this point. I'm a little bit late. And yeah, the first thing I want to say is I, I want to apologize for not podcasting last week. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had I had a few DMs come in asking like, where's the podcast? You know, things just got a little crazy with my trip out west. Uh, for those of you that didn't know, I went on a 11-day solo mission um, birthday trip. And I got a little bit behind in work, so I had to find balance somewhere. Skipping the podcast was the thing to do. However, having a crazy trip does have its upsides. <laughs> and this leads me into today today's topic. I want to talk about traveling alone and share some of the craziness that I've experienced over the last week. Okay. So, um, before we get started, I want to ask you all this simple question. Would you ever travel solo? Okay. I did a poll on Instagram and my stories last week and I had, it was pretty overwhelming. It was like 92% of the people said that they would, which was the result of like, I don't know, maybe like 400 and something voters, um, which I was like, okay, great. This is a concept that in my opinion, seems like a dream for a lot of people, but when it comes down to it, they never do it or they would never actually take the steps to go. Like I have friends that travel solo all the time. I have friends that talk about it, but they never actually do it. And then I have some friends in my life that can't even spend an afternoon at home alone without going crazy. <laughs> like Everyone's different. I'm not here today to create controversy or anything like that. Uh, or maybe I am. <laughs> I, I just want to share a few of the reasons that being alone has enhanced my life personally in like the most positive, loving ways. So some of the more common reasons that people don't travel alone are that they're afraid. They're afraid to be alone in a new place and feel like there's danger. And this is definitely a thing, okay? So you need to be careful when traveling. Um, I'm definitely careful and I pick very specific places on purpose. Um, So it is a thing. Um, People also say they'd rather, you know, share experience, share the experience of traveling with someone else. Um, Others believe that it's more expensive because, uh, you know, you're you're not sharing the costs of these things. But one of the most common reasons people don't travel alone is because they are uncomfortable being by themselves with themselves. So I know I certainly spent many years of my life with this mindset. There was nothing wrong with it. Um, 
Uh, we all have our own beliefs about being alone outside of the comforts of our own home or space or like workspace or routines or whatever you want to call it. Um, and if you want to bring some awareness to your beliefs about this, which is always something that I encourage, <laughs> you can start by looking at the excuses you make when the idea of doing something solo comes up or the excuses about like, you know, going outside the box or outside your routine. Because excuses say a lot about what we believe, right? <laughs> uh, for me, it's a good place to start when I feel resistance. Excuses are like that resistance and resistance is fear. So why am I afraid? That's, that's a question that I like to ask myself. Don't always know the answer, but I do ask it. Um, so solo travel excuses might look something like I'm afraid, I'm bored, it's boring, how boring. That's a big one. Stems from fear and the inability to live in the present moment. <sighs> Some people might not like that answer or might disagree with it. That's fine. Or uh, an excuse might be like, I'm a loser. <laughs> or what are people going to think when I'm by myself? So very like ego-centered excuses, right? For example, here's a little thing. Um... Are you comfortable dining alone? So like going to a restaurant and this doesn't include getting takeout guys. <laughs> I mean, sitting at a table by yourself, ordering food and eating alone. This is actually a very interesting little practice for people to do, like just to simply go out for dinner by yourself. Um, it does shed some insights on your personality and how you feel about yourself when you go out. <laughs> Um, again, like I have a lot of friends that do this all the time. I meet people, uh, fellow adventurers that are super cool with like just being alone and going out for dinner and, and that all stems around their beliefs about who they are. So this is just like something, a little exercise you can do to like spark it. I mean, I have friends that have told me that I'm a loser because I dine alone <laughs> and it's actually a super big deal for some people, which is totally okay. All I'm saying is that it's common for people to not want to be alone. This is fine, but what's not fine is to judge or victimize yourself for doing it or create some sort of suffering around it. Okay, makes sense? Now going to a restaurant is like a very small step, but it's how I started to step into my own power a little bit after I got divorced. So like, I didn't just like go on on all these trips by myself. I started small, like going to the restaurant. And then, and then one day I went to the movies alone. Now, let me tell you, that really tickles people's fancies. When you go to the movies alone, it like some of my friends were like, you are such a loser or you should have called me. I would have gone with you or like they feel bad that you had to go to the movies by yourself. You poor, unfortunate person. Um, but no, like I, I, I'm okay. I am not a loser. I'm just a gal who really wanted to see a movie. <laughs> so uh, these are like my first sort of experiences by myself. Doing things alone brought some insight um, into not only myself, but the friends and the attitudes of the people I was spending time with. You know, we attract like-minded people into our lives. So when we step out of the box, feathers get ruffled. And it's interesting. Okay, anyways, my first solo trip 
was actually like six months after I left my ex-husband. So I was 28 years old. Um, and this was like, okay, I just, <laughs> I decided to drive to Boston. <laughs> okay. This is like an eight hour drive or so from my house in Ottawa. And I took my dog. So technically I wasn't totally alone, but at the time I didn't want to like burden anyone with babysitting him. So I just thought, well, heck, I'm just going to bring him with me. I also thought I was being such a badass. <laughs> I'm serious. Like this was, this was kind of a, this was a big deal. It wasn't kind of a big deal. This was a big deal for me to do this. So my dog Boomer and I set out on my first ever solo mission trip. And we spent four days, three nights touring around the city of Boston. Um, so I ended up just like eating and drinking my face off in different hotel rooms um, and having like, you know, random people take my photo in front of like tourist spots around the city. And like, it was fun-ish. I was afraid. So I did, I got scared a couple nights. Um, I got scared. Yeah, I, I definitely like had a few scares, but they were totally irrational. It was just like, I was so far out of my comfort zone. And that's why I was like eating and drinking so much, right? Like, so I was like doing something crazy and then like trying to like escape it at the same time. It was very, it was, yeah, it was a very eye-opening situation that I put myself in. But um, like, for example, I'd be in my hotel room and it would be like a perfectly safe and popular hotel, uh, best Westerns, you know, and I, I'd hear a noise in the hallway and I'd like get scared. <laughs> like I literally didn't sleep very well the first night because I was like so far out of my like level of comfort, like my comfort zone. I, <laughs> but what this trip actually did for me was it empowered me. Now, at this time, um, I had even been a seasoned traveler. So like when I went on the solo mission trip, I was like coaching, I had been skiing on the national team and I literally had traveled all over the world, but I always had this like safety net of being in a group or having someone else make decisions with me or for me altogether. So I never like felt alone, even flying overseas alone. So I'd be like on an aircraft by myself for a long period of time. It wasn't the same because I was like meeting a familiar face on the other side or I had a plan and I always had a roommate or several roommates, you know, like I was, I was like, it was group travel, which is, which is great, but it's not the same thing. So being on your own, you literally have full control over what you do 100% of the time. So this is what I took from this first ever trip to Boston. It 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 might have sound this might sound a little strange or weird or maybe like even eye-opening and surprising, but the trip to Boston was the first time I'd ever really made my own choices about my life without considering how someone else would feel. Okay? So this was empowering. Okay, I had my first real little glimpse of independence in a new way, wearing a different lens over my eyes, okay? You could say this little getaway was life-changing in a lot of ways because I did something I was afraid to do and I came out with a greater sense of self. It was the first time I actually realized that I'm okay by myself and that I actually liked 
hanging out with myself. Like, I'm a cool dude. I had fun, you know, reflecting back, even <laughs> shitting my pants in the hotel room alone on, the, on one of those first nights. That was like fun in a way. So <laughs> then, you know, I came home from my trip and I forgot about all the empowering things that I did and went right back into my usual regular default setting routines. So, you know, uh, you know how it goes. You learn something and then you go right on forgetting it immediately. <laughs> okay, but then the idea came up again and this time I was less afraid and I would do little road trips to Tromblon, surrounding areas. Tromblon's only like a two hour drive from my house, uh, but I would do it by myself instead of with my family or my friends. And being alone helped me to connect to myself. And I started like understanding the the power of establishing a positive relationship to me without distraction. So in the last three years, I have expanded and done a ton of solo trips. Two years ago, for example, I went to Australia. This is a big crazy trip. Like I went to Australia by myself for 14 days. I traveled all over a foreign country by myself. I think my mom was having a heart attack back home. <laughs> no, I'm joking. She was fine. But like that was a crazy adventure for me. Um, then I went back to Australia this past year and I did like one week alone and one week with friends. I like split it up a little bit. That was also an amazing trip. Life changing. It was a life changing trip. I've talked about this. That, that last one was like, whoa, it was... It was so amazing. So all of these experiences have carried their own stories of like fear, but have also inspired and empowered me to be the woman I am today. Like three years ago when my, I don't know, I don't like to label this, but like my spiritual journey of self-growth and self-discovery and self-love truly started because that's what it is. It's like self-love. Um... That was when I became, when I truly became aware. So yes, I had developed my awareness over a longer period of time, but I was living with awareness and presence to a much greater level. This was, this three years ago was like a pivotal time in my life. And it's when I, I felt that I needed to work on my relationship to myself over and above all else. Okay. So this is like a side tangent I'm going to go on right now because I, th I feel like I need to say this. Like if we aren't happy in our relationship, if we're not happy in a relationship, for example, with like friends or a partner or whomever the relationship is with, we can just walk away. We can leave that friendship and never look back if we choose, right? However, if we aren't happy in the relationship with ourselves, we can't just walk away. Like we are us. I am me. I I can't leave myself. So when the relationship is unloving, sometimes we don't even know it's unloving, but if we can see that it's unloving, what do we do? Um, or even if we don't see if it's unloving, what do we do? Three years ago, I was not in love with myself at all. I was pretending I was a really good actor uh, to everyone else, but inside my own self and my brain and my emotions was a completely different movie that I was replaying than the one I was projecting, okay? Hard to admit, especially at the time, it was really hard to admit that I thought I was an ugly, unsuccessful loser. And the, like, 
how did I walk away from myself? I would escape with drinking alcohol. I numbed myself. I would eat, 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 eat all the food to fill the void. Okay, that's how I escaped myself. Very common. So I was getting drunk and eating all the time. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's really healthy. So when we watch someone doing this from the outside looking in, we can see it loud and clear that they're self-destructing or punishing themselves or trying to escape their own lives. However, when it's you, when it's you personally, and you're the one beating yourself up and literally abusing your body over and over again, escaping life, numbing yourself to life, repeating the same destructive patterns, staying in the comfort zone. Your actions are always justified, right? So you begin to lie to yourself to keep your punishing yourself and keep yourself in that routine. I don't know about you, but things I would say are things like, I love myself. I just love enjoying food and stressing out my body. You know, I love myself. I just enjoy being drunk all the time. I deserve this drink. I deserve this break from my stressful life. My life is so stressful. So I'm going to stress it out even more and treat it like shit. And the next day I'm going to beat myself up for it and then repeat. Okay. You know, you know what this is? This is the cycle of abuse. I talk about this all the time. I'm getting fired up. I am fired up. (laughs) But unless you're able to like take pause for one second and separate yourself from your belief and behavior and see that you're just living in the ego, the ego mind, which is keeping you safe and small, then you will continue the pattern. This is fine. This is all fine. This is what the ego does. Okay. So I'm not like judging or anything like that. I'm just simply stating there's like awareness and then there's unconscious. Okay. So some people live their entire life, their entire lives completely unconscious. That's fine. You have to be ready. There needs to be a shift. The timing is everything. But when you wake up, like I'm not judging, but the reason I'm saying all of this is because when... I woke up and I started to see just like if you are waking up and you see, then what? (laughs) Okay. And how am I going to loop this tangent back into solo travel? (laughs) Okay. So this is what happened to me. So I started to fill my own cup, right? Versus looking for someone else to fill it for me. This This is like a scary thing to do. How do you fill your own cup? Um, And I talk about it all the time. In the beginning, I I had no idea where to start. And I I know many of you out there listening right now don't really know where to start either. But guess what? You've already started. You're in it. Okay? So for me, I just took it one day at a time. One compliment. One awareness to a belief. One, uh, you know, one pattern changed. One little step at a time. And guess what? Little by little, a little becomes a lot. So my comfort level to travel alone and be alone now is like so high that it's actually, it invigorates me. It, it pff, I'm so excited. Like I love adventuring I and exploring and meeting new people and seeing new things. Like they say traveling solo really teaches you a lot about who you are. And I might have even said that at the beginning of this podcast, but it's true in so many ways. 
when I go away, I do it to like fulfill my love for myself. I never, I never had a passion for travel before. Like I enjoyed it and I did it a lot for work. So, you know, I took it for granted in many, many ways. And I, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't have that passion because I was afraid. Like I put up walls. So I made all the excuses. I never enjoyed my time because I was always escaping the moment or like escaping my life. I used travel as like an escape and not appreciate where I was or the people I was with. But now everything is like different and I do it to deepen my connection to my spirit and change my own beliefs and, uh, you know, challenge them, challenge them to change them. So I, I also love traveling with other people too. This, another side tangent. However, when basically this past solo mission birthday trip kind of came up, um, when the idea came up to go on a trip for my birthday, it, it had to be by myself. I knew that this is what I needed for myself. So I started to plan. And it is kind of an interesting story how this all came to be. <laughs> so I'm going to tell it like I, I I remember I was actually sitting in I was laying in my bed it was in the morning and I was like oh my god my birthday's coming up um and I had spent like f a many birthdays I'm going to say 15 birthdays in Whistler BC because I was on the team or I was coaching and we had training camps in May May 12th so my birthday um and I was like, man, I, I want to be in Whistler for my birthday. I, I really want to be in Whistler. How can I make this happen? <laughs> so I just started, you know, stewing on that a little bit. And I was, um, started talking about it with some people and started, you know, putting my feelers out, like, do I have friends in Vancouver? Can I stay with people? How can I make this affordable? What can I do to know, you know, have a really great experience? And I was chatting with a fellow Instagrammer who I've never met. His name is Seth. I've talked about him in one of my pre previous podcasts. And he was like, if you watch, uh, if you watch my trip on my Instagram stories, you would have seen him a couple of times. Um, he was like, uh, what's your next thing? What are you going to do next? What are you going to travel next? And I was like, well, you know, I'm thinking about going out west and I'm thinking about going to Whistler or Vancouver. And he was like, come to Portland. Like we could do all these really cool things. And he was like sending me like photos of like waterfalls and like beautiful places that is in Oregon. And I was like, you know, heck, this actually is kind of cool. Like, I think I actually want to do this. Okay, I'm in. So I was like, okay, like, are you actually serious? I don't know you. You're like this guy that is on Instagram that I've never met before. But we've had like, we had been chatting for, I don't know, like months and months, like almost a year, we've been following each other. I see all the fun things that he's done. And I like kind of had developed, um, we had developed like rapport before I went out there. So I, I booked my flight. I booked my flight to and from Vancouver. It was like 10 or 11 days. It was 11 days. And I was like, okay, Seth, yo, I'm coming to Oregon. I'm going to spend half of it in Oregon and half of it in Whistler. And he was like, sick, <laughs> 
So like, that's what I did. I, oh, first I freaking flew to Vancouver and then ran in this uh, Wings for Life world run. I don't know if any of you guys saw that on Instagram. It was like so fun. I did um, this like crazy run where everyone in the world, it's like uh, 70 countries uh, around the world run to raise awareness and money for spinal cord research. I have a friend, Mike Shaw. If you've listened to the podcast with him, there is one. It is amazing. It's one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Uh, he was sort of leading this, this run. Uh, and so I ran like 18 kilometers at four o'clock in the morning because the race starts at the exact same time across the entire world. So the time zones, um, the time in which the race starts is different, obviously in each time zone. Uh, the earliest one is Vancouver. Um, it was 4am crazy. Uh, so yeah, I did that. And then I got into my car, drove to Portland and I freaking met Seth and we like instantly bonded. He like showed, we walked all around Portland. It was great. Um, and we like started planning like our adventures together and it was like, I was like, okay, great. So I've, I've just, I've been to a place that I've never been before. That's not necessarily true. I have been to Portland, but I've never like stayed there overnight and like explored it. Um, uh, and, and yeah, so we went and checked out a couple of waterfalls. We, um, walked around, we like went to like local watery holes and had beer and nachos and like, it was, a really cool experience. So another thing that we did was we partnered, like, so I partnered with the Allison Inn and Spa and me and Seth had this little project where we went and we like took photos of the, like Seth is a photographer. P.S. You should follow him. His name is at, at Seth T. Buck um, on Instagram. And he like was taking beautiful photos of me around, in and around this hotel, which like is epic it's on a winery and then they hosted us for this dinner and we had this like freaking three course fine dining dinner which they like spoiled us rotten with all these like additional little treats and like health shots like we had wine like the best organ wine like all these things were just like coming at us like it was so fun um like so fun so anyways that was like the first like three days. So like, holy shit, I did so many cool things with like the raddest people and like had just kept projecting like this positive, this positivity out into the universe. And it just like kept coming back at me times like a million. So after the Allison and Inn Spa sort of thing, uh, Seth and I parted ways. I went to the coast. Like he was going to try to come and meet me at Cannon Beach to take some photos and like, just like be at the ocean. But he is a farmer and he works a hundred hours a day. So, um, that didn't really work out, which is fine. It allowed for me to like have my own experience again. So I, I drove to Cannon Beach. It's like two hours or something. Maybe it's like two and a half hours. I don't know. And I, oops, my phone just dinged. Um, so I had no hotel booked. I had nothing booked. I arrived to this, the cutest town of all time. If you've never been to Cannon Beach, go. I should partner with Tourism Oregon right now because I freaking love it. 
there. It was so gorgeous. Anyways, I decide on a whim, instead of Googling something, I went to the uh, travel and what are those things called? Those like travel and tourism places in, what's it called? Shoot, I forget. <laughs> Yell it out. Maybe I'll hear you. Um, anyway, so I went to like the little tourism place there and the lady was awesome. And she like gave me a map with all the places I should stay and what's affordable and what's not affordable. And I wanted oceanfront. She's like, you're looking at like $300 American a night for oceanfront. I was like, oh man, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> but great. Thank you very much. So I like went around. I ended up uh, stopping at this place and this lovely lady was at the counter and I asked her, um, like what the most affordable room was at this place. It was on the ocean, but they did have a room for 150 American dollars that was not ocean front. So it was still at the same hotel, but it was like in the back, basically like, you know, the shack above your garage kind of style. Uh, and I was like, going to take it. But then I was like, you know, what do you think about, you know, an ocean view room. <laughs> what what kind of prices can I get for an ocean view room? So she gave me like this pretty good deal. It was like 215 American dollars for an ocean view room. And I was like, oh, it's too out of my budget. I'm Canadian and like our dollar sucks. And like, would you give me the ocean view room for $150? Like, like the shack above the garage room price. Can you give me an ocean view room? And she like looked at me and I was like, please. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know how or why she said yes, but she freaking did. And so then I'm like, I'm like, amazing. So I'm like in my ocean view room and I'm staring at the ocean and I'm drinking Oregon wine and I'm just watching the birds and breathing in the air in the sun. And I'm like, this is freaking gorgeous like how did I just come from a thought in my bed six three months ago to like this place right now and I just was living in the moment I went for beach runs I was like taking photos of like the most amazing I drove to like oh, oh yeah so then I went back to my new best friend at the front desk and she like gave me all these like hiking trail places to go and so I went on a hike and I went and met like these surfers like in the surfing cove and I like, it was amazing and then I okay so then because Seth couldn't come I like put out on my Instagram this like note saying I don't know if any of you guys saw this uh, I got a lot of suggestions. I basically said, is anyone out in Cannon Beach that's a photographer and wants to collaborate? Um, and there was no actual photographers that reached out or like said that they were there. However, I did get a buttload of people that knew photographers or like had connections. So like I was like all up in like people's DMs being like, hey, I hear you're around the area. Do you want to collaborate? And I kind of like put my feelers out to like a bunch of people. And some of them were like famous. Like they're, um, yeah, some of them are like pretty, pretty famous, uh, famous people. Um, one of which was Ben Moon. So Ben Moon's like, he's, he's like a videographer, photographer, like storyteller. And he's, he, he does some amazing projects. 
And he's he responded. He was like, hey, I'm actually not in Cannon Beach. I'm actually in Pacific City, which is like an hour's drive south from where you are. If you want to collaborate, let me know. And I was like, huh? Really? Holy shit. But I didn't get his message until like 6 a.m. in the morning uh, of the day that I was leaving to go back to Portland. So I was like, shoot. I messaged him back. I'm like, hey, uh, what if I come to Pacific City or on my way to Portland? It's a little out of the way, but let's see what I can do. Anyways, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I didn't hear back from him. I'm like, I want to go see Pacific City anyways, because it looks dope. And there's like a haystack rock there too. That's why like, um, I was confused. I thought he was in Cannon Beach because Cannon Beach has that like iconic haystack rock in Portland on the coast. So Pacific City has one very similar. Um, so I like drive down there, had no expectations whatsoever. And I like sort of drive into the city and I was starving at this point. Oh, and I needed coffee. So I, I stopped at this coffee shop. I'm sitting at the window with my coffee. I'm eating avocado toast. That's like the best avocado toast of all time. And uh, Ben Moon, he messages me and he's like, hey, uh, did you come to Pacific City? And I was like, as a matter of fact, I did. And I'm at such and such restaurant. I forget what it's called. And I'm looking at the ocean, eating my avocado toast. And he was like, oh, well, do you see a silver Ford <laughs> van? And I was like, yeah, I do actually. He's like, that's me. Come say hi. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So he was like going for a surf and he parked his van like literally across the street in the parking lot that's like in the ocean right there where I was. And I was like, this is so crazy. Okay, I'm like deep breaths. Okay, um, I got nervous. I don't know, I, I, I still get, I get nervous, okay? Anyways, so finish my toast, walk over and uh, like I started like, second guessing like what do I do do I like knock on the van door it was like one of those like camper van things that people like live in I don't know what the model's called or whatever but he like came out and I was like are you Ben he's like yeah <laughs> hi I'm Elisa and like I met his dog and like we just we didn't end up collaborating okay that's kind of like maybe one day in the future but we like hung out and like chatted for like half an hour and he told me like go check out this crazy sand dune um i was meeting seth back in portland anyways i didn't have time to like go and do anything crazy but um i did go and check the sand dunes and it was it was so fun it was like this this weird thing that just kind of like built a lot of excitement and it was like really fulfilling for me and like sharing my passions with someone else like I'm sort of pulling in new like-minded people in the most mysterious and like magical and fun and curious ways like uh yeah I spend like half an hour with the guy but you know his energy was just so great and like his creativity is so inspiring and like that kind of made my day and then I like did this little mini adventure up at Sand Dune and saw like the most gorgeous views of all time and like met more surfer dudes and more people that enjoy the outdoors and are connecting with nature and like, bah, it was awesome. I went 
got another coffee at this place and started driving back to Portland. And I just was like, why did I go to Pacific City? What was it in me that just like decided to do that? And it was just like this curiosity for empowering myself further. Yes, I was afraid, but I like I had like this like this fear. I don't know why, um, but I also had this uh, space that was in me for uh, curiosity and adventure, um, which is where I went. It's like a gut feeling. So I like went with my gut feeling instead of with that story of the fear of the resistance that like tells you don't go. That's stupid. Or who cares or whatever. Stay, stay safe and small. Right. Um, so yeah. So then I like had this great morning. I like traveled back to Portland and I went and Seth gave me this like farm tour. It's he like set it all up and we like drove all around. He has like 1,800 acres, I think. Oh shoot, maybe I messed that up. 1,800, 1,300, 18, ah, I don't know, a lot. It's huge. We like drove around for like a long time, hours almost, <laughs> to like check it all out. It was like the coolest thing. And I learned a lot about him and what he does and about agriculture and about farming. And I have this like huge appreciation for food and where it comes from and and you know, what I put into my body and how much these people work and how they do it in the process. And I was like, um, it was very like inspiring in a lot of ways. And people don't really like think about, so, so Seth is like a seed farmer. So he does mostly grass seed, but then he also farms like food seed. So I'm about to plant my garden in my backyard and I've never stopped to think where does the seed for my peas or my tomatoes or carrots or whatever, where does that even come from? Like, where do the seeds come from? I was like, huh, well, I learned where they come from in the process in which a plant goes through and a farmer's life to get that one seed that I'm planting, like where that comes from. And it was like, just really eye-opening and inspiring. Um, and I, I had a lot of gratitude and I left like the farm tour with like a lot of appreciation, right? Uh, so that day actually, okay, so that was like a big day. I did a lot of things that day. That was crazy. Um, and like one sort of positive thing kind of just like rolled into another and into another and into another. And Seth had to go and do this like work meeting. And he was like, uh, it was my last night in Oregon because I, I was going up to Whistler the next day. And he said, we, we, one of the, we wanted to go to this place, this hot spring, which is like this natural, uh, someone, I don't know how they came to be, but there's these hot tubs in like the middle of Mount Hood National Park. Um, someone built that has like a natural hot spring filling it up. So you can go into these like beautiful um, hot tubs. I had seen a picture of it on Instagram before I even went. And I was like, hey, Seth, do you know where this is? And he was like, as a matter of fact, I do. And I want to go and take this photo. We should do it. And I was like, okay, great. Anyways, I was there for like five days. We didn't go. And then Seth was like, we should go tonight and get it done. And I was like, okay. He's like, come to my house at like 1030. I was like, 1030? 1030 p.m. 1030 p.m. I'm coming to your house. Okay. Like, I don't know if you know this, but I go to bed at like nine, but okay. 
I'll do this 10:30 thing. It's going to be a real adventure. I feel good about this. Let's do it. So I show up at his place. His friend, his roommate and friend, Dan, uh, came with us. I had met Dan a couple nights before. We had like beers at this place with him. And uh, so we set out. We got wings uh, to go at this questionable place. It was, it smelled really funny in there. I couldn't even stay inside <laughs> to like go outside. Um, uh, wings for the road. And we set out, uh, to find this hot tub in this, in the woods, in the forest. That's what, that's what Seth called it. The forest. We're going deep into the forest. I was like, how deep are we going into this forest? I'm like, what am I getting myself into? And I look at his freaking GPS and it's two hours away. This was like, it was almost midnight. By the time we got the wings and got on the road and like, it was like 1130 or something. I'm like, holy shit, we're two hours away. And like, oh my God, (laughs) what actually am I getting myself into here? So I freaking, um, I'm like, okay, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm just this like. I'm, I'm kind of shitting my pants. I'm with two people, which I, who I kind of know. I totally trust Seth. I, I totally trust him at this point, but like at the same time, I'm like, oh, uh, here we go. Let's do this. So we arrive in a parking lot, which we needed a compass to find. We were like, we were like lost on these random gravel roads in the night. Uh, this is way out of my comfort zone. I'm not into it. They were totally fine. They seemed fine. We only hit like one giant boulder on the way, (laughs) like almost destroyed the bottom of Seth's car. Um, funny. So we park, uh, it's, uh, it's one 30, maybe we, it's one 30 in the morning. We park the car and we set out on this trail, uh, to find this hot spring. Now, Seth was like, yeah, it's, it, the trail's only 800 meters. <laughs> I don't think it was 800 meters. It was like three kilometers. It's like, it was in there. Uh, totally fine. I'm not panicking. I have a headlamp. We all have headlamps. The boys put me like in the middle because I don't want, I didn't want to lead because I don't know where the freaking hell I'm going. And I don't want to be on the back because, because the back is scary when you're hiking through the woods, okay? It's freaking... No bueno. No thank you. So thank God Dan is like the coolest dude alive. And he like just like kept staying behind me. He he never passed me even when I was walking slow. Um, so we find these hot tubs. And randomly, there are people in the hot tub that we wanted to like take the photos of. Like that we were like aiming to go to. There's these guys in there. And Seth was like, shh. Let me go and investigate. <laughs> okay. So me and me and Dan like stay back. Uh, because we didn't know who what kind of guys these guys were, you know? Like we're we're like no cell service. We're really deep in the woods and who it's not like there's axe murderers like in the hot tub, but you never know like what kind of people. So like Seth like snuck up on them and I think he like I think he like spied on them for a while. It was like trying to figure out like are these guys axe murderers or like monkeys you know you never know and um so he comes back and he like reports he's like okay there's two guys and they said that they just took a bunch of 
mushrooms and that they're going to be like 45 minutes. And we were like, ah, oh, shit. Okay, so we had in this complex, there was like this other uh, area with other hot tubs that are kind of like in these shacks, like these houses. I don't know how these were built. Like they must, the material had to have been helicoptered in, but unfortunately they were like open to the public just to go and experience and sit in the hot springs. Um, the, some public like really started to vandalize the buildings. So the buildings are like decrepit, like they're, the, all the stairs are broken and the piping's all broken. So unfortunately, like they're not, there's caution tape cautioned off all around these houses. Like you can't just go in them um, anymore because it's like unsafe. So of course we go in them. And Seth starts rigging how to like fill up one of the other tubs because you can fill them up. Like the hot springs are attached to hoses. So he's like, rig. <laughs> oh my God, it was, it was an adventure. So we're trying to like, uh, kill, you know, 45 minutes, 45 minutes turns into almost two hours. So now it's like three 30 in the morning. We're like hiding in this like little shack and Seth goes and like goes to see it. We're like kick the guys out and like not kick them out, but you know, like be like, are you guys freaking done here yet or what? But he didn't want me and Dan to go there. He didn't want that. Both the boys kind of decided that they didn't want, they didn't feel comfortable. Like showing these two guys that there was like a woman in our group because they they were afraid that they would just stay because I was there. I don't know. There was a few like theories of why I shouldn't show myself to these people. So I didn't. So I was like me and Dan were like hiding in this like giant tree stump. I swear to God, we were like sitting on this stump that was like 10 meters in diameter. Um, it was huge. The biggest tree ever. I mean, 10 feet, not 10 meters. It was massive. Anyways, so we're hiding in the stump and <laughs> I'm scared. I'm really scared. Dan was being like the best. Um, and finally these guys leave. So we start, we get to the hot tub and we start filling it up and like setting it up. It's like four in the morning. Okay. Holy crap. But I'm kind of excited because finally we get the hot tub. I'm also cold. I want to get in the tub. I'm, 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 I'm not going to lie. I was freezing. And... We, like, so the three of us are in this hot tub in the middle of the woods at four in the morning, and we set up tea lights all around the tub, and it was, like, beautiful. You, this, there's zero light pollution, so, like, the stars in the sky peeking through the woods was, like, unbelievable, and you're, like, in this tub, and you're, like, with great company with these tea lights in the sky and it's like romantic but like also just like beautiful and like magical it was like magical is like the word I would use to describe this experience and then the boys get out of the tub and they like leave me in there and they start taking photos and like the pictures are so good they're so beautiful this like idea to have the tea lights all around was Seth's idea he unfortunately didn't have a lot of charge on his camera battery, so I'm not sure if he like got the shot he wanted, but um, the whole experience was amazing. And then we realized, holy freaking shit, it's like 4.45, let's pack it in. So we freaking pack it in because Seth has to go to work. Like, oh my God. So we book it back to Portland 
And I mean, I punched Seth because he was driving so fast at the beginning. I actually wanted to kill him. I was so scared. But we survived and everything was fine. And uh, he went straight to work. So we get to his work at like, fuck, like I don't know what it was, 4.30 or not 4.30, 6.30 or 7 a.m. All-nighter. He pulled an all-nighter. I said goodbye. I gave him a big hug. That's the last time I've seen him. I actually went back to his house with Dan and slept at their place for like three hours. Woke up at 11 and then drove to Whistler. It was like, I freaking haven't pulled an all-nighter since like, I don't know. I was maybe like... 20 <laughs> holy my god like what an adventure it was so much fun though like that then driving for 10 hours was probably not the smartest thing ever but I needed to get to Whistler because I was spending the week the weekend actually the Friday Saturday and Sunday at this like unbelievable all about me women's retreat at the Fairmont Whistler like what the frick? All of these things, like just one after the next. So I freaking show up in Whistler and I have luxury accommodations. I have like strawberries and chocolates waiting for me and like this beautiful welcoming in the most amazing place, which was like I was in partnership with the Fairmont Whistler. So they provided me with three nights and excuse me, two nights, three days with food and beverage uh, hello, that is such, that is the way to spend your birthday. Let me tell you what an amazing experience. I love the Fairmont. It's a beautiful hotel. The service was so great. The bed, the, the mountains, the mountains in Whistler. Oh, I get up and I had coffee with my friend Peter both mornings. Like he's like one of my favorite humans. Uh, I freaking love him and I miss him and I don't see him very often. So we like connected in the mornings. It was like, oh, just such a great trip. I like met a whole bunch of uh, like-minded women who are awakening in their lives and who are inspired to make change and, uh, you know, change the lens in which they see the world. And I just like, it was all... A win-win, win-win-win-win all over the place. Beautiful. Then I went to Vancouver and I stayed with um, my best friend Amber, her brother-in-law. I stayed with him. His name's Dave. Or, pfft, I'm just kidding. His name's Fred. His brother's name's Dave. And, uh, you know, Fred took care of me and he made me, like, dinner and we would have wine at night. And, like, he made me coffee in the morning and it was just, like, I felt so taken care this this really truly was a magical trip i had like no plans i did plan on being whistler for my birthday for those two nights that was like the only thing that i knew was gonna happen but i just like went out and i like had no attachment to any outcome whatsoever and i just lived each day and went with the flow I was like going with the flow I made sure that I was safe not in danger those types of things very important however I just you know had this confidence and this trust in my gut and in um myself that I and I stayed present and enjoyed so much I have so much gratitude for all the people that kind of bounced in and out of my experience 
but you know, like it was, it was a, another life changing. It was, it was another life changing trip for me. You know, I haven't actually told the full story of my trip to anybody. So this was like the first time. <laughs> I don't know if it sounded like fun, but I had so much fun. It was so freaking fun. I can't even tell you like, ah, okay. I wanted to tell you all of this because 10 years ago, there is not a chance in hell I would have ever done anything like this before. So the way I'm living my life now and the beliefs I have about what I can do and how I can love and build more positive energy and momentum now is exponentially higher. Okay? So with awareness, I am empowering myself to have these experiences and make good decisions while it's happening uh, for myself, to empower myself. I did say no a couple of times to a couple of people within this trip. It didn't feel right, so I didn't do that. I did things that made me feel, um, made, like would fill my cup with with an experience that was uplifting and with uplifting people. You know, I am so fortunate for Seth and the experience he gave for me. Like, I had already, like, um, spoken to him a couple of times, like, on the phone, and I knew he was, like, super good vibes, and he's, like, a solid guy. Like, he... I love him. He's, like... He is... I... Frick, he's awesome. He's great. And I'm so fortunate for that. And like in person, he's also really great and he's super hardworking and like we have a lot in common. So I'm like very much like I gravitate to that and I'm really grateful for what he like the what he contributed to my trip. Like he put himself out in many ways to like accommodate me in many ways. And like that, I don't know. I think we both have like a mutual uh, appreciation for each other in that way, but like, well, in many ways, but like, um, if he, if I I met him in person and he was like, not what I thought it would have been an easy turnaround and walk away situation. Right. Um, and that's what I would have done. And what I did do a couple of times, I'm not going to mention those here. I'm just going to say that there are people that I turned around and walked away from. Um, Anyways, this is just like the travel, the solo traveling is like one small facet of my life that awareness has empowered me for. Like traveling, seeing the world, experiencing new things with new people and like being alone and having one-on-one time with nature and connecting to, you know, a deeper, more intimate side of myself. That is living to me now. That's I, I've, there's, that's a huge value in my life. That's what I value. I value my alone time. I value being with nature. Okay. That this, these aren't the values that I grew up, uh, developing. They have been developed because I brought my attention to the things that matter to me. And I started to fulfill those, those voids. Right. So If you're the type of person who thinks that traveling alone is like insane, I understand you. And I hope that maybe I've changed your mind a little bit here or, or like, um, you know, maybe you're wearing a slightly different lens 
when it comes to traveling. Um, and the same goes for anyone who's thinking about it and, but they're afraid, um, and they don't feel ready. Cause that's a thing too. Like people kind of like, Oh, I'm not ready to do that yet. And that's okay. That's great awareness in itself. But I mean, start small, go on a date with yourself and pay attention to the way you speak to yourself while you're on that date. Are you constantly on your phone chatting with other people, uh, looking for distractions? Or are you thinking about what people might be thinking of you? Uh, let me tell you, trust me, nobody cares. If you're at a, like, if you're in a restaurant by yourself, no one gives a shit, okay? <laughs> you can like use these observations from your date and bring attention to what you believe about yourself in the first place. And I'm not saying go on a date or do something that you always do by yourself. Do something different that you don't do by yourself. Maybe it is go to the movies, okay? Um, so I think spending time alone, whether it's on a date with yourself or traveling across the world, is a beautiful way to heal the soul. I've said this a hundred times this podcast. It's empowering. It's a healing practice. It's part of healing yourself. You are worth it. I am worth it. We are worth this time, this time spent alone in our space, in our minds, learning about who we are and re-establishing a loving relationship to ourselves. Okay. I learn new things about the power that lives in me every single day. Yes, I tend to forget that power sometimes because that's all part of it. And I relearn it over and over in different ways. But this is what deepens my sense of self. Oh, and one more thing. Pay attention to your intention when you set out on your solo mission date or travel or whatever. Is it to punish yourself or like seclude yourself? Or is it to empower? So whether you're aware of this or not, whatever you choose to do in your life, whatever we are choosing to do, there is always an energy or a force behind it. So this is the energy that we're putting out into the universe during the regular moments, okay? So if you are a regimented person and you're in a constant state of routine or an autopilot, there's that autopilot medium sort of like vibration that you're putting out there. It's, you're not conscious of it. It's just happening, right? That's what you're going to get in return. You're just going to get that medium sort of vibe. If you're constantly projecting that, you know, bad things are going to happen or that you're unlucky or that blah, blah, blah always happens to you. That's what you're going to get in return. That's what you're putting out there. So you're going to pull that in. So if, if you're able to change that you know, fearful autopilot story that's on replay to something with, you know, more excitement and loving vibrations or, or, you know, love for yourself, that story of inspiration and healing and love, it, that is what's the most interesting thing. It comes back into your life. Okay. And it's not like one day I'm going to be like, yeah, I want to do this inspirational trip. And then all of a sudden my trip happens. No, 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 no. It didn't happen that way. I was like, I was invested in, I'm invested in myself. So I'm projecting, you know, healing, loving 
stories and during the regular moments in my life. That's what happens and it pulls in this positive energy. Yes, bad stuff happens or I'd face adversity or things don't always go my way, but it's my attitude towards that that I have control over. So I can fall down the rabbit hole of fear and anxiety and stress or I can stay in the moment and appreciate the little things, right? So, you know, this is the nature of manifesting. Actually, this is also a topic for a podcast that I'm going to do in the very near future, possibly even next week, actually. Ooh, ooh, manifesting our relationships, including the ones with ourselves. Okay, okay, that's it. That's going to be the topic of next week's podcast um and I think with that all being said I think it's time for me to sign off for today that was a long podcast holy cow I just looked at the time Woo! um I would love to hear your thoughts on solo travel and your opinions on your relationship to self so please leave me a comment or shoot me a dm if you enjoyed this podcast please go to apple Podcasts and subscribe rate and leave a review I need your help, you guys. I need your help to spread the word and spread positive vibrations to everyone. Okay, so pass it along. Elisa Unfiltered. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day. Until next time.